Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast, hosted by Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer of Creelan.com. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, embraced their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I'm your host, Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer. And I just want to say a big thank you to those of you who listened in on last week's one-year anniversary, 50th episode. If you didn't get a chance to uh, listen in yet, you want to make sure that you do that because I went over a whole bunch of great tips that I've learned from my guests over the last year on how to get out of your own damn way, and I just kind of compiled everything into themes. So be sure to head over to creeland.com slash podcast to listen if you haven't had a chance already. But today I want to welcome Taliba Asset to the show, and I'm so excited to have her on. We were just chatting a little bit pre-show, as I do with all my guests, and we are definitely kindred spirits. So before I bring her on, though, I just want to tell you a little bit more about her. Taliba is an integrative healing arts practitioner, royal advisor, soul coach, inspirational writer, and transformational speaker who uses her self-styled wisdom, tell it like it is humor, and powerful stories to create powerful messages that touch, inspire, and transform lives. She's overcome physical, emotional, and sexual abuse, survived single motherhood, gone from low self-esteem to self-mastery, and transformed extreme codependency into self-confidence. She masterfully harnesses the lessons of failure and suffering to create sometimes hilarious, sometimes tear-jerking, and always memorable and inspiring personalized royal advice for individuals or crowds. Her signature message, Be Uncommonly Extraordinary, helps you to understand the purpose of suffering, recognize the value of failure, think abundantly, attempt fearlessly, and make a way out of no way to masterfully create yourself an uncommonly extraordinary life. So welcome to Leva to the show. Hello, everyone. Hello, Kylie. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited to have you. <laughs> I do it every time. You do? Um, you just say Kylan instead of Creelan. Oh, you know, it happens. <laughs> it happens. So, it, I, no fault. No, I was just telling you that I have to correct people every single day, right? <laughs> I know, I know exactly. I have the, one of those names too, and uh, it's just getting over talking about it and go go that I've been saying it for like two months <laughs> the wrong way. Oh, <laughs> but I, I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm I'm excited and ready to go. So, getting past the faux pas with the name. Um, yes. Absolutely. Ready to go. Good. Well, you know, it sounds like just from reading your bio, it sounds like you have been through it for sure. So I'm going to just... I definitely have. Yeah. So I just want you to kind of share whatever you feel guided to share about your story and how you've learned to get out of your own damn way. I'll tell you, um, I have so many stories, but what's been coming to me over the last couple of days has been relationships. You know, one of the big things with me, because I suffered 
very much from low self-esteem beginning early on because my parents fought all the time. And my parents, you know, my grandparents on one side, they drank a lot. And then on the other side, they were kind of over, you know, the top emotionally. So I guess it was, you know, trying to figure it out as a kid. With my parents divorcing, I fell into, as a lot of children do in case, you know, you don't know, children internalize everything. When something's mm-hmm. happening around them, because children are egocentric by nature, they kind of say, okay, well, they don't like me, so that's why they're fighting. Mm-hmm. They don't like me. You have to ex- communicate that to them very much. I know this is not your fault. However, that wasn't known back then. I'm sure my parents did the best they could. Mm-hmm. However, I fell into a, a very real you know, it's low self-esteem and depression because I things were happening way too fast. Things were changing too fast. We moved from the country, from a very rural area to the city. So I had to grow up fast because the culture was different. And I, I always joke this now because I'm fairly attractive. I realize it's because there's always somebody telling me that. But I didn't believe it then. Mm-hmm. And so my relationship with my family was, it was, Tensioned at best. It was just kind of like I was always kind of different. Like I wasn't really interested in the things everybody else was. So being different, I used to wish to be normal. Now I say, what is what even is normal? But I used to wish to be normal. I just felt bad all the night. I didn't fit in. I was too mature for the kids at school. I was too young to be around the adults. I was too all too wide open and believed and had too much imagination for the country. For the city, I was too country. I was just too something for everybody. Mm-hmm. And inside, I did. I felt I don't belong anywhere. I don't belong anywhere. I don't have anybody. I'm just alone in the world. So awful feeling. I grew up for the majority of my life feeling that way. You know, and then from the family relationships. Seeking that love and affection, I went out and started to look for it in intimate relationships. Thing about it is, you attract where where you're vibrating. So I didn't attract the best relationships, mm-hmm. which further made me feel either more. Because I started to think, it's a, it's a it's a great thing. So one of my saving graces was that I learned to read at a very young age. I could read before. I could, I read many years before I went to school. I read at 18 months. Mm, I could read way before I was in school. I now realize that what happened with me is I learned to think before I went to school. I learned to think. Even though I wasn't in my power yet, I knew how to think. And I look back over my life and realize I thought my way out of a lot of situations. But I also thought my way into a lot of situations that had to figure my way out of them. You know, but I would feel that like I would. And I realized even with relationships, I was telling my son last night, the girl he likes was over here, and she reminds me very much of where I used to be when I was her age. I love her to death. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of telling her last night, like, you have to learn how to get out of your way. You're in your own way. you doing everything for everybody, and that, that's what my just my story is. I spent so much time trying to fit in with everybody, trying to be approved by everybody, that I was not living for me. And every single time I was disappointed there, I was feeling worse, and realized later 
that you're in your own way because you're the one that's choosing to try to please everybody. You're giving away all of your power to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, instead of me saying, okay, well, you know what? I can't control what you do. I can't control how you feel about me, but I'm okay. And because I'm okay, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and you go on and do whatever you have to do. If you don't like me, just don't be around me. I didn't say that. I would give away pieces of my authentic self. I would give away pieces of me. Oh, I would do homework for people. I would give away my money, anything to have people like me. The problem was I didn't like me. That's the problem. And not liking me is how I was in my own way. You know, that's, that's the gist of it. I was in my own way because I did not like, you know, I didn't like who I was. And I didn't like me because I never really saw me. I saw myself the way everybody else told me I was. Mm-hmm. And all of the things that made me great, all of the things that made me who I am now, that made this Kaliba set, that made the creative mind behind the business and the coaching programs and the advice that I give people, all of those things were inside me all the time. Mm-hmm. I just could not see it because I was trying so hard to please everybody. She was trying to please everybody else. I kept coming up with the short end of the stick because – at the end of the day, there was nobody taking care of me. All of my energy was trying to please everybody else, and all of their energy was trying to get whatever they could get, and nobody was caring for me. Mm-hmm. To make a long story short, I went round and about with uh, low self-esteem. I eventually got diagnosed as once manic depressive, once depressed, bipolar, got on meds, <laughs> and getting on meds is an interesting thing because when I got on meds, that was the beginning of me getting out of my own way. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it, it started to happen before. I met a really good friend when I was like 12, and we became really close. And he was the one that started to pay attention to me and like me for me. Mm-hmm. And he would say to me all the time, you need to like you. You need to like you. Even that 12-year-old boy, skinny kid, <laughs> I love him to death today. But when I got on meds, we had to have um, what's called a treatment plan. Mm-hmm. And treatment plan, they'll ask you all of these questions about, you know, what do you uh, desire to happen from the treatment? My answer was, one day I want to be off meds. Mm-hmm. I didn't, not, not, I have started, you know, over the years seen like bits and pieces and glimpses of my own power, but never stepped into it. Well, the nurse tells them that she said, well, you will never be off me. That'll never happen. You know what? You're just going to be on antipsychotic, antidepressant your whole life. Nothing you can do about that. And I remember, like, something in my soul struck. Like, I was like, what? Yeah, you cannot be seriously telling me that I was my life on bed. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. You know? Don't ever dare somebody. <laughs> you say I have to call your blood. So I say, okay, I'm going through. 
Hey, man, so spot on for the lie. I was so mad because she said that I'll never be on med. What's happening? Like, I used to be on medication your whole life. Now I'm mad. I'm pissed. So I can say, okay, I'm going to show you. So I began to work. My, I didn't know how that I was going to do it. I just knew I was. So I began to work my way toward getting off meds. I started to work my way toward getting me off meds. You know, there's a saying that says when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yes. Mm-hmm. I began to find myself in groups. I began to find myself around people who were discussing things that I had always been interested in but never had the opportunity to explore. Things like the law of attraction, things like self-mastery, things like personal development. And I found myself growing. And when I found myself growing, I found out that some of the things that was okay with me before wasn't so okay anymore. It wasn't okay for somebody to just run over me anymore because, you know what, I'm starting to like me. I'm starting to like me, and I'm starting to now feel like, Hey, I have some really great things about me. And then, you know, as I began to internalize some of these things that resonated with me and make them my own and a part of my life and start to speak about them in my own way, I started to draw other people. Mm-hmm. Now people are looking to me for the same thing that I went on the search for. Right, right. And people are saying, wow, you're amazing. I was so glad. You know, it, it, it means something. Very deep. You know, people can give you money, but it's a whole other thing when someone tells you, you know, I had a conversation with you, never met you before. I had a conversation with you, and you changed my life. Mm-hmm. You start saying, hey, I'm a pretty all right person. I'm a pretty cool lady. You know, and then you start to pay attention to how you're dressing. You said these things just kind of happen. Start to pay attention to how you dress. You start to straighten your back a little bit. You start to hold your head up a little higher, and you know, people start to notice. You start to see you across the room and say, hey, you know, I've never seen a lady look as good as you. You know, what's your name? Got to get your number. <laughs> you know, that's like, yeah. a whole other yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, that's all that's what I'm saying. You know, you start, these things make you feel good. So little by little, you start to... See, you know, I always use an analogy that you paint the floor. Mm-hmm. What happens when you paint yourself into a corner? Mm-hmm. You paint the floor, you can't walk over it. What do you do? Well, you have to get creative about how to get out of that corner if you don't want to mess that floor back up. Mm-hmm. Or either you say, you know what, I got to get out of this corner and bump that floor. I'm going to walk across it and somebody can paint it later. <laughs> so you got to get out of the corner. You start to be creative. So I started to be creative about how I want to look at my life. And I started to work toward not listening so much to the self-talk that was basically recordings of what other people had said. I started to replace that with things about me. started to use affirmations. I started to look at myself and my life and think about what is it in my life that I want, not what everybody else thinks I should do. You know, I started to ask that question, who were you before the world started to tell you who you should be? Uh, Let's yeah. go back to that little kid and say, hey, 
little kid, what do you want me to be? You know, another great quote is, you know, be the kind of person that the five-year-old you would be proud of. Well, hey, little five-year-old me, what did you want to be? Try to think about these things and look at my life and stop telling myself, you know what, you're just a girl from the country with these divorced parents and this crazy past. Mm -hmm. You can't be anything. Stop telling myself that and start to say, to myself, you know what, I can do anything as long as I'm waking up every morning and drawing breath. The new day is another opportunity for me to be closer to the goals that I've set and to help as many people. And I realize and I tell myself all the time, the purpose of your suffering has been basically on the job training. You've been trained for a purpose. You have been through all of this so that you could grow in the way that you needed to grow. Living lessons. I've been, so I went from saying why me to being thankful for my suffering because this is what made this illegal. Hmm. This is what made me me. All of my suffering, this is what gives me the conviction that you hear in my voice because I didn't read this in a book. I did go to school. I did go train to coach. But I didn't learn what's in me. In a book, in a classroom, I lived it. Mm-hmm. So I lived, you know, I lived with my kid's father, and he fought, you know, with me. I was very young. I was very afraid of him. And I lived through it. I know how dangerous it is for you to leave an abusive person. Mm-hmm. You understand? I know that because I lived that. I know how hard it is, and I hear people all the time say, well, she must like it. She won't leave. She's probably scared to death. Yeah, yeah. You know, the first 72 hours after you leave somebody, the most Very dangerous, they'll probably yeah. kill you. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll break in. He's scared to death. He's probably brainwashed her. She probably doesn't believe she can leave. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are things that you don't think about, but I went through that. So now I've become a master at bringing people along because I know how to meet them where they are. It's a big thing. You know, so I appreciate that suffering. When I look back, over my life and those relationships. I've been in so many different types of relationships, and I don't mean like, you know, intimate relationships. I mean, when I say relationships, I mean all learning takes place within relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, beginning from the womb, when you come out, you start to learn immediately from your mother, and you learn your whole life relating to other people. I've been in in so many situations, sometimes I would say, why does this stuff always happen to me? I figured out to embrace it rather than resist it. And when I became non-resistant, I began to find my results. When I stopped complaining, when I stopped making excuses, I found the results that I was looking for. And the fact of the matter is my suffering was just a purifying process. The refining process. I was learning to handle situations. I was learning to deal with people. I was learning the strength that I had because one day when I was very hurt, I woke up and realized, you know what, that hurt, but I didn't die. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I, I love this core message that you have about using the suffering. And one of the things that I like to say is suffering is optional. And there's also a piece of we need to honor our story and the pain that we have been through. We need to acknowledge that. I find that so many people are so quick to want to 
push aside the bad stuff, especially when you get into this space of like um, wanting to improve yourself and change, is things start to shift um, and we sometimes want to distance ourselves from our past and we want to distance ourselves from the suffering that we have felt. But it's it's important to acknowledge that because you're right, that got us to where we are now. That helps us to mm-hmm. understand where other people are coming from when they are um, not necessarily in the exact same situation, but they're coming from a place where they want to get away from their story and their circumstance. And so, and, and I totally agree. I, I had some things happen in my past that my audience knows about too, which have led me to where I'm at. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade them because that made me who I am today and able to understand um, where people are coming from and what they might be experiencing um, where they're at now. Right, and then don't you just love your work? Like, just think of the opportunity. You know, when you have learned to embrace the suffering, embracing the pain, and tell us that, you know, I've been in bereavement, you know, coaching with people and done some relationship ending and divorce coaching and I hear people all time say, well, I just wish it didn't hurt. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know, there's no way that it can't hurt. Yeah, There's no way to do this. And have you ever seen hurt a person even that wanted to break up a relationship, like want to break up with somebody, but I just don't want to hurt them. There's no way that you can yeah. do it that doesn't hurt. But understand this, pain is how you know you're alive. Yes. So you're not feeling pain. The pain going in and doesn't people. Oh, that's just growing my, my grandma. My leg hurt. She would say, oh, that's just growing pain. Mm-hmm. Growing hurts. Life, school, is, is the school of life is a is the same as school of hard knocks. You learn it, but I guarantee you will never forget that lesson. Yeah. You'll never forget that it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. But when you look back, you're so much better for it. When you look back, the reason why a lot of people are bitter because of their life is because they never let it hurt. Just, just feel it. Live in it and let it go. You can't let it go whilst you're hurting. Like, asked a, a client one time when she was talking about a relationship, and she's so mad. She's like, I just want him to feel this and feel that. I say, you know what? Let me ask you something. Have you ever skinned your knee? And she said, well, yes, everybody has. I said, did it hurt? And she was like, yeah. I said, does it hurt now? No. I said, do you remember the moment that it stopped hurting? No, I don't. I was a cute kid. I said, you know why you don't? Let me tell you what happened. You skipped it and it hurt. It hurt real bad, but you was a little kid. You was having fun. But guess what? You just got up and rode your bike. So, you know, whatever you are doing, you skipped it. You just did it. You know you ride a bike. You get up, you skip it, and you ride the bike. And it hurts every time you pedal, but you still having fun. So, you can't stop to pay attention to the hurt because you're living. Right, right. And then one day, without you even realizing it, it just doesn't hurt anymore. You don't even think about it because why you were not living in and nursing the pain. Mm-hmm. What you do is like what you do is you feel the pain because you can't help but feel it. But what you're doing is you're nursing it. You're giving your energy to it so it's growing. But when you start to live, you're like, I had to learn this. You had to live because when I realized, oh, I didn't die from that. I just got up and said, you know what, I'm not going to just lay here in the bed and eat all this chocolate and get to be 500 pounds. 
I get up and live, you know. I get up and live, and yes, it still hurts, but I'm too busy living to worry about the hurt. And then one day it just doesn't hurt anymore, and I've forgotten all about it, and that's the way you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think people just get so uncomfortable with, the, and it's not only pain, but, you know, I'm the fear whisperer, so that's a big one that people right, try and shy fear. away from, and and there's no getting around it, and, you know, sorry to burst the bubble, right? <laughs> it's just, right. You've got to feel your way through it, and, and like you said, you've got to make choices and make decisions and take steps and action in order to move to the other side of whatever emotion it is. And you feel so much better when you get to the other side. So I have a tattoo here on my arm, mm-hmm. and the tattoo says, love, hell, or right. <laughs> well, most people ask. I have it like that because it makes people ask me. Mm-hmm. So they ask, what does that mean? And I say, you know, you'll go through hell to make anything that you love right. I understand that hell, and it could be fear, pain, suffering. It could be going to the gym and doing 700 crunches that <laughs> hurt like hell. You know, it could be whatever. But whatever, it could be on a diet or not being able to eat that big bowl of ice cream, whatever the hell is. It is necessary for you to go through it so that whatever you love will come out right. Mm-hmm. Hell is studying for them exams and, and taking, you know, the time out when you really could be at the club partying it up. <laughs> but you're studying. What the hell? But you love the idea of making a better life for yourself, so you go through the hell. Hell is sitting there by your kids' bedside at night or sitting down and doing homework with them and because you love them and you want them to go to be well-adjusted, well-rounded uh products and members of society, you know, you go and go through that hell. Hell also is dealing with things like fear. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking at fear, you say, God, Lee, I don't want to do that. But are you really going to sit down and not do it? You know, I rather you face, I would rather you face the fear and go through it than spend the rest of your life asking what else. Man, please, when I leave this earth, Trust me, I'm probably going to have every time of scrape, screw, screw. I'm not trying to live life safely. Mm-hmm. I want to just live it. I want to, when I go, I need to be saying, ooh, that was a fun ride. Yeah. I may not get to do it again. You know, I don't know what <laughs> happens, but I'm going to do it this time and I'm going to have to do it like it's my last time. Anyway, you know, don't live in a bubble. It mm-hmm. has to be miserable. So, I try to tell people, and I try to make it fun because I'm very, this, this you hear is very much who I am. This is who I am all the time, whether I'm working or not. It's just, I hate it so much, knowing what I've been through. I hate when I see people in suffering and in pain, not knowing how to get out of it, mm-hmm. with dreams dying. You, know, you can hear it, like you can hear the crinkling when your dreams are dying up and withering. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, my God, your dreams are dying. What are you going to do? Let me help you. Your dreams are dying. You start to not know who you are anymore. And you lost that. You know, your soul is full of holes and deficiencies. And you're looking, I'm looking and I'm saying, oh, my goodness, let me help you. Because it just was the grace of divine that I got by that. Because that was the point in my life I was becoming very bitter. Had it not been for the lady at the 
mental health center saying that I'll never be off meds, which I am today. Mm-hmm. Don't take any minutes. I had a feeling, yeah, I, by the way you told that story. I'm like, yeah, you're I like me, like, oh, me. no, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't believe that you just told me that I'm not going to be off meds. But had it not been for that, I call that just, I call that a divine kick in the butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said, like, I'm going to get you're going to keep me on meds forever? No. I just quit going to the appointments, to be honest. I was like, okay, I'll never come back here again. And I never did. I began to find ways to cope because I believe very much. And this is not a diagnosis. Please don't stop taking you guys' meds. If you want to say I told you to do it. Right. But, right. But this is not advice for how to treat. Let me put that disclaimer on there. So good, good, good. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I got in my life so angry about it that I was like, look. And so I, I just quit going. But I realized that I had to do something. And then I realized that I had to do something. I began to look into what I thought about the diagnosis that I had, how I feel in, inside about them. And I decided for myself that these are just mismanaged energies that are characteristic to who I am. I need to learn how to manage them because another big part of getting out of your own damn way is accepting personal responsibility for your own yes. thoughts and actions. Mm-hmm. Because when you you have to stop blaming. I've got the either. Absolutely, have but, to stop blaming and take take that. Because have, here's the thing: is whether you have someone telling you you have a diagnosis of something or not, regardless of that, our goal in this lifetime, according to Creelin apparently, is that we need to learn who we are and we mm-hmm. and, like the dark side and the light side and we le- need right. to learn how to fully express ourselves and our greatness and our dreams knowing that we have challenges and obstacles. So just because my challenge happens to be A doesn't mean that that's the same challenge as the next person. Um, We all have different challenges, but there are all a lot of um, commonalities among our experiences and the things that we talk about, the things that you've mentioned here and that other guests have mentioned and that I talk about, things like taking right. responsibility. Like those, that's important and finding out who you are, what's going to work best for you because one person may respond really well to medication and that's a great thing and another person, like that's just not fitting. And whatever, right. you know, we all have to decide and not – and what I kind of equate that to is having someone else dictate your treatment plan. Like we are – we are the dictators of our own treatment plan. <laughs> exactly. And that that's where I think that I, I wanted to make sure that I went back and put the disclaimer because I didn't want anybody to think that I was saying that the medicine is a bad thing. It's right. not a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. just that it wasn't for me. Exactly. And I understood that. I understood that by the way I felt when she told me. Because okay. had it been good for me, I'd just been like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to keep taking it. But because something in my soul said, no, that's not right. Mm-hmm. And it, it made me angry. So I understood that to me that this is not for you. You have another path. This is an experience because I all, I very much look at all of my experiences now as 
this is an experience so you will know what it's like. So when you're talking to somebody else, you can say, yeah, I've been there. Yes. yes. So, you know, you know, that's an important thing to me because I believe in my work that if I can't touch where you've been, I can't help you. Right. I can't tell you where to go if I don't know where you are and I don't know where you've been and I can't feel that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't have to experience the exact thing to feel it because I've experienced something so similar that I understand the emotion behind it. But I'm very much a person that will tell you if I feel like I can't help you. Like, look, I think I might know somebody I'll refer you to or we'll, I'll help you find someone, but that's not my area. Right. And right. that's a big thing, too, because it's not about the money. Yes, I do like to eat. <laughs> yes, I do like to eat, but it's not about the money. It's about truly, honestly helping Yes. People co- overcome it because it, it was very ugly for me for a while until I figured this out. And going back to the thing, go, going back to personal responsibility and not blaming. Now, I've heard people all the time say, you know, well, you're saying that my life is like this and I chose it and it's my fault. Well, mm. it is your fault because you did choose it whether you realize it or not. But here's the power in that because I want very much for people to understand. I'm not saying that you just deserve to have a messed up life. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is understand that when someone else messed up your life, you have to sit there and wait until they decide that they want to unmess it up. Mm-hmm. Well, when you did it, you can decide at any moment that you want to, okay, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to do something different, and I'm going to create something that's better for me. You have that power, and when you blame someone else, you're giving all that power to that person. And that was another thing that I had to learn because my life at one point was everybody else's fault, and I was so mad and bitter. I was mad at everybody's mad at the world because my life was messed up and it was everybody else's fault except mine. Mm-hmm. I had to learn to let that go and understand that your life is the way it is because you allow that. If you want to get it back to where you want it to be, you have to stop blaming everybody else. Take responsibility for yourself. Learn to tell people no when you need to tell them no. Do what you can about what you can. Learn not to worry about what you can't worry about and keep moving because you can't stop hurting and you can't stop, you know, you can't stop pain. You can't stop fear. You just have to live with it and live through it. Right. But on the other side, there's a, there's a great freedom yes. and a great liberation in knowing that every single second of the day, every single event, every single circumstance in your life is directly related to what you have going on inside. Because all you got to do is change what's inside and then you'll change what's outside. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait for everybody else to decide to say that you're worth them changing you. You just do it yourself. That's right, and that's a very powerful place to be, and I so appreciate all the stuff that you've shared. We are running a little bit over time, so mm. I just want to make sure that people have a way to get in touch with you, but I so, like I know we could probably talk for another five hours because there's just oh, yeah. so much to Easy. talk about, uh, but I want to make sure people know how to get in touch with you um, if they would like to learn more about uh, about this whole issue of suffering and um, taking responsibility and, and the work that you're doing. So share how they can get in touch with you. I'll be happy to. You can get in touch with me on Facebook. I'm at www.facebook.com 
forward slash Mapia Hawashi P. I'll spell that for you. It is M A H P I Y A H A W A C I P I. And you can also email me at Taliba Asset at gmail.com. That's T A L I B A H A S E T at gmail.com. Or you can give me a call at 706-941-6123. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Taliba, for being on the, the podcast today. Oh, you guys are so welcome. I enjoyed it so much. I have to go go back and get to reading all of my um, Cleveland emails. I have a stack of them. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for more powerful interviews of people who've learned to get out of their own damn way. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast with Creelan Peters, the Fear Whisperer. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and leave a review on iTunes. You can also find us at creelan.com slash podcast. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash podcast. And get even more great tips on how to get out of your own damn way by taking Creelan's free quiz at creelan.com slash quiz. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash quiz. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.